Asia Pacific Currents. News and labor issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest、uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at nine o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Link. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents for another Saturday morning here on Community Radio 3CR. It is Saturday, the 29th of April. I'm Giselle Hanna. And I'm James Barry. And of course, Asia Pacific Currents is brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on the web or the w's.aawl.org.au. We're on Facebook and Twitter, so look us up on those social media platforms. Of course, today, James, we have quite an action filled show for you. We'll, we'll start with news from around the region as always. But in the second part of the show, a real treat for you.、Um, as you know, because we've been announcing it, Australia Asia Worker Links has invited two guests from Bangladesh to Australia. This year commemorates 10 years、uh, of the collapse of Rana Plaza, an event that we call murder, not tragedy, and where those workers are still fighting for justice. Uh, this morning, we're joined by Taslima and Rupali. Rupali is a survivor of Rana Plaza. Taslima is a photojournalist and activist, and they're both from the Bangladesh Garment Workers' Solidarity. And they'll join us in the second part of the show,、um, where we can hear a little bit more about the campaigns that are happening there for justice for these workers. But, James, we're going to start with news from around the region. Over to you. Beginning in Thailand, where a Uyghur refugee has died in immigration detention. Matotti Matursan, a Uyghur refugee who had been languishing in a Thai immigration detention facility for nine years, this week died of suspected liver failure. Another Uyghur refugee was also reported to have died in detention later this week, bringing the number of Uyghur refugees to have died in immigration detention this year in Thailand to three. Matursan had originally been detained alongside 350 other Uyghur refugees who arrived in Thailand in 2014. Of that cohort, around a Around half was sent to Turkey for resettlement, while at least 100 were sent back to China in a clear human rights violation. The death of Matursan and two other Uyghurs this year highlights the inefficient medical care in immigration detention, as well as the health costs of prolonged incarceration in those harsh conditions. Despite appeals to the Immigration Bureau regarding sick and dying refugees, the Thai government has made no indication that they intend to change any aspect of the immigration detention system. In the Philippines, a worker, a union organiser, has been murdered.、Uh, this week, the body of Alex De La Rosa, an organiser for the BPO. BPO is a business process outsourcing. So he was an organiser for the BPO Industries Employee Network, BN, which is the union. He was found on the outskirts of Bokolod City. With 23 stab wounds. Alex was an organiser in the call centre section of BN, which represents subcontracted workers in the business process outsourcing industry, and he was reported missing last weekend. The Philippines remains one of the world's most dangerous countries for union organisers, as the practice of red tagging or labelling trade unionists as communists has been used by the authorities to arrest individuals without evidence, as well as cause the deaths of many unionists at the hands of vigilantes. Bien has been a target for red tagging and surveillance by the police, and although the Department of Justice vowed to find Alex's killer, there's a risk of apathy and cover up in the current political environment.
Alex, who was 38, joined Bien in 2016 as a volunteer and had been working as a paralegal for the union at the time of his death. To Turkey now, where the election campaign has reached a dramatic turn in the lead-up to the elections on May 14. This week proved eventful in the Tur- Turkish presidential election campaign. On Wednesday, a live television interview with the incumbent Recep Tayyip Erdogan of the Justice and Development Party, or AKP, ended abruptly when the president fell ill. Erdogan's campaign was suspended for the next few days amid speculation that he'd had a heart attack, although his spokesman said that it was a stomach flu. Erdogan's main rival, Kemal Kilicdaroglu, of the Republican People's Party, or CHP, had been appealing has also been appealing to minority and marginalized groups despite the Kemalist nationalism of the CHP, which has traditionally been strongly anti-Kurdish. Kilic Darolu even made specific references to being a member of the minority Alevi religion and criticised the country's founder and the founder of his political party, Kemal Atatürk, for the 1930s military attack on the Kurdish Alevi town of Dersim. This is a notable break from the Jehapur tradition, which is strongly Kemalist, secular, Turkish nationalist, and opposed to religious and ethnic expressions of identity. Kilic Darolu is appealing to minorities who previously supported the AKP, but became disillusioned with the growing Islamist and anti-Kurdish tendencies of Erdogan. And the legislature of the northern Indian state of Rajasthan has proposed a new law to provide welfare support to gig economy workers as well as punishments to companies that exploit or underpay workers, which includes banning them from the state. The proposed bill comes at a time when the Rajasthan government is preparing for upcoming elections at the end of the year and the move, while welcomed by gig economy workers, is seen as appealing for votes. Under the proposed bill, a welfare system will be funded for workers through a levy applied to every gig economy transaction, which is based on gig economy practices in Thailand and Malaysia. If the law goes ahead, it's expected that similar laws will be enacted in other states across India. The gig economy is estimated to employ 8 million people across Rajasthan, or 10% of the state's population, as is a major employer of youth across India. Finally, to Iran, where protests continue to cost women their lives. Another woman has died as a result of the government crackdown on protests in Iran. A 59-year-old woman suffered a fatal heart attack in Kurdaman province when she intervened against pro-government vigilantes who were assaulting a member of her family for not wearing the hijab in public. Since protests broke out last September, following the death of a young Iranian Kurdish woman in the custody of morality police, Iranian women have increasingly been defying the government by going out in public without the required dress code of hijab and manto. While the government was reluctant to use police to crack down on these women, they have still been encouraging members of the public who are pro-government, religious or both, to attack women not wearing the mandated dress code. Recently, the president, Ebrahim Raisi, speaking about a viral video of an unveiled woman having yogurt thrown in her face by a member of the public, said that the woman was in the wrong because she was breaking the law, which is seen as encouraging such attacks. Despite rumours that there are divisions in the ruling regime, several senior members of the government, clerical establishment, judiciary and the military have made strong statements against unveiled women, calling them seditious and undermining the legal authority of the Islamic Republic. The head of state, the Supreme Leader Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, has avoided dealing directly with the issue, although at a recent event involving youth broadcast live on television, he was continually interrupted by audience members criticising his statements on how policy decisions are reached in Iran. However, the incident is widely being interpreted as a distraction and staged in order to give the impression that the leader tolerates dissenting views while in practice crackdowns are continuing. 
It's 10 minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. That was news from around the region. We're going to go to some community announcements and then our feature interview for the morning. Worried about the climate crisis but not sure how to help? Whether you want to make your voice heard in our democracy, help out with local sustainability projects or hit the streets to protest for change, Climate Carnival has something for everyone. This two-day festival is your chance to meet a range of local climate and environment groups. Get the facts on climate crisis and find out what you can do to make a difference. There'll be talks and workshops, music, comedy, kids' activities and more. So come to Mycelium Studios in Brunswick East on Saturday 6th and Sunday 7th of May. Make some new friends and find your place in the movement. For more information, look up Climate Carnival on Facebook. Climate Carnival is a 3CR supporter. From Iran to the Americas, the Pacific to Palestine, and here in so-called Australia, people are standing up for freedom and liberation. This May Day at Melbourne State Library, join the Voice of Revolution Iran Melbourne, the Black People's Union, renegade activists, unionists, and people from all over the world as we stand together in understanding that we are all in this together. A lineup of speakers and music from around the world demanding justice and celebrating our common struggles and our common humanity will be announced on the event page soon. You can find the event by searching May Day for Freedom and Liberation on Facebook. May Day for Freedom and Liberation, 5.30pm, Monday 1st of May at State Library, Victoria. A 3CR community radio supporter. This is Nick from Pinyao. You're listening to 3CR. Please support community radio and your local music scene. Subscribe now. Give money back to the people that give music to you. Thirteen minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. Well, this year marks the 10-year anniversary of the collapse of Rana Plaza. Uh, last week we heard from Mushrefa Mishu, who was one of the activists who was talking about the anniversary. But this week we have two comrades directly from Bangladesh live in the studio with us, Rupali Akhtar and Taslima Akhtar. Rupali is a survivor of the collapse. In fact, she was buried under the rubble and was rescued uh, 17 hours later. And she's here to share her story. Taslima Akhtar is a um, photojournalist and uh, an activist, and she'll be interpreting for Rupali this morning. Good morning to both of you. Hello. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I, I, Without wanting to you know, compel you to relive what was obviously a very horrific incident. Rupali, tell us what happened um, when the building collapsed 10 years ago. আমি চব্বিশে এপ্রিল রানা প্লাজা ধসের ভিতর দিয়ে আমার জীবনটা 
সতেরো ঘন্টা আটকা ছিল আসলে আমি খুব দুঃখিত যে আমি সেদিন অফিসে না গেলেও চলতো না কিন্তু বাধ্যমূলক যেতে হয়েছে কিন্তু আসলে যে দেখলাম যে রানা প্লাজার সামনে অনেক ভিড় মাত্র ছয় দিন বাকি না গেলেও নয় কিন্তু বাধ্যতা হয়ে আমাদেরকে যেতে হয়েছে কিন্তু আমরা তারপরে আমাদেরকে জোর করে এক রকম ফ্যাক্টরিতে ঢুকানো হয় আমরা যদি ডিউটি সেদিন না করি আমাদের বেতন কাটা যাবে এবং আমাদের বাসা ভাড়া এবং আমাদের সংসারে যে টাকা পয়সাগুলো লাগে সেগুলোর জন্য আমাদেরকে বাধ্যতা হয়ে আমাদেরকে ডিউটি করতে হয় তো আমরা যখন রানা প্লাজার ভিতরে ঢুকি তখন এক ঘন্টার মতো কাজ করি করার পরে এক সময় দেখি একটা শব্দ হয় হওয়ার পরেই আমরা রূপালি আক্তার ইজ সেইং দ্যাট টোয়েন্টি ফোর্থ এপ্রিল হ্যাজ চেঞ্জ মাই লাইফ আই ওয়াজ নট রেডি টু গো টু দ্য ফ্যাক্টরি বিকজ উই গট দ্য নিউজ অ্যাবাউট দ্য ক্র্যাক জাস্ট ডে বিফোর and but we we were confused because uh, that day was 24th april uh, and we have only 6 days for getting our wage so we were uh, feel um, pressure to go inside the factory supervisor and other person also make pressure that you have to go inside and uh, i went to the factory যখন ওই ফ্যাক্টরির ভিতরে যখন ওই একটা পিলার ভাঙ্গার যখন শব্দটা হয় তখন অনেক ছুটাছুটি করি করার পরে কখন আমি নিজের মানে সুবস্থা হয়ে গেছে আমি নিজেও জানি না কিন্তু অনুভব করতে পারতেছি যে আমি ওখানে শুয়ে পড়ছি কিন্তু আমি আশেপাশে অনেক বন্ধুরা ছিল সব পরিচিত আশেপাশে যারা ওই আমার সাইডম্যান তারপর সুপারভাইজার কোয়ালিটি ইনচার্জ আমার সাথে ছিল কথা বলতে পারছি এবং একজন একজনকে বলতেছি যে আমি যদি আগে বের হই তাহলে তোমাদেরকে আমি সাহায্য করব এবং সবাই সবাইকে উদ্ধার করব এখান থেকে বেঁচে যাওয়ার জন্য কিন্তু আসলে নিশ্চয়তা ছিলাম না যে আজও বেঁচে ফিরতে পারবো কি না কিন্তু আসলে তারপরে যখন একটা বাজে তখন আমরা বলি যে এখন আমাদের খাবারের টাইম অনেক চিন্তার ভিতর দিয়েও এই কথাগুলো আসছে আই ওয়াজ বাউন্ড টু গো ইনসাইড ফ্যাক্টরি বিকজ আই হ্যাভ টু পে রেন্ট অফ মাই হাউস আই হ্যাভ টু মেনটেন মাই ফ্যামিলি and when i entered the um, factory and i worked for one hour and my supervisor other uh, co-workers they were with me and uh, within one hour there was a sound and we couldn't understand what is going on um i uh, got myself um, lying uh, on floor um yeah then তারপরে আমি আমার অন্ধকার ওইখানে ছিল আমার আশেপাশে আমি অনেক ই করে দেখতে পারতেছি যে আমার মাথার নিচে একটা লাশ 
তার নাম ছিল তানজেলা আক্তার এবং আমার উপরেও একজন জীবিত তার নাম ছিল রুকসানা আক্তার আসলে আমি মাঝখানে ছিলাম মাঝখানে থাকার ফলে যে আমি সারাদিন অনেক কষ্টের মধ্যে দিয়ে আমার জীবনটা গেছে মানে সেটাকে বলা যায় মৃতু কিন্তু আমার যে উপরে যে মেয়েটা ছিল তার নাম ছিল রুকসানা আক্তার উনি সতেরো ঘন্টা আমি সতেরো ঘন্টা পর্যন্ত ছিলাম তারপরে ও কত ঘন্টা ছিল সেটা আমি বলতে পারি না কিন্তু ওখানে সবার আগে উদ্ধার করা হয় আমাকে কিন্তু ওই মেয়েটা একদম একটা পা একবারে নিচে বিল্ডিংয়ের ভিতরে যেটাকে বলে যে ভাঙে গেছে সেটা একবারে এই এই পর্যন্ত আর কি পায়ের কোমর থেকে এই রান পর্যন্ত একবারে পুরা পাই ভিতরে আটকাই গেছে সে ফলে পাউটা কাইটা বের করতে হয়েছে ওকে Rupali says that I was there and I found that a, a dead body of um, Tanzila Akhtar who is, was my friend and another life worker. Her name is Roxana. She was uh, over my body and it was not so easy for me to with the dead body and with the life workers and Uh, Roxana was uh, in crisis. Her lower part was just under a beam. And it was very difficult for all of us. We were sometimes trying to talk about how we can save each other. Sometimes we were angry on each other. And uh, there are many workers, but uh, rescuers first saved me. আমাকে যখন ওইখান থেকে উদ্ধার করা হয় তখন ঠিক বারোটা বাজে আসলে আমাকে যখন বের করা হয় তখন আমার ভীম ঠিক আমার বুকে বাইজা গেছিল তার ফলে আমি এক মাস আমার কথা বলতে খুব কষ্ট হয়েছিল বিভিন্ন জায়গায় চিকিৎসা নিয়ে আমাকে এরকম সহযোগিতা নিছি নেওয়ার পর আমি ভালো করে কথা বলতে পারছি তারপরে আমাকে যখন ওখান থেকে উদ্ধার করা হচ্ছে তখন আমি বলতে পারতেছি যে আমাকে উদ্ধার করা হচ্ছে যে টাইস ভাঙা এবং বিভিন্ন আবর্জনা আমার শরীরের ভিতর দিয়ে যে জড়াই যাচ্ছে এবং আমাকে যখন উদ্ধার করা হচ্ছে আমাকে জিন্স প্যান্ট দিয়ে এরকম যাতে কোনো জায়গায় আঘাত না লাগে সেই আঘাত না লাগার ফলে কারণে এই ই করতেছে আমাকে বুকের মধ্যে বা জামার ভিতরে দিয়ে এই জিন্স প্যান্টগুলা ঢুকাই দিছে যাতে আমি ব্যথা না পাই তারপর যখন আমাকে টানতেছে টানতে টানতে একটা অনুভব করতে পারতেছি যে দিকে তো ফাঁকা কিছু নাই সম্পূর্ণ দেখা যাচ্ছে একটা মানুষও নাই কিছু নাই একদম ফাঁকা এখান দিয়ে আমাকে টানতে টানতে নিয়ে যাচ্ছে তখন আমি বলতেছি যে আমাকে এভাবে নিয়ে না আমি অনেক ব্যথা পাচ্ছি আমাকে একটু যদি উঠায় নিতে পারতেন তখন চারটা উদ্ধার কর্মী আমাকে সুন্দর করে কোলে নিয়ে আস্তে আস্তে উদ্ধার করা হচ্ছে তখন আমাকে একটা সাদা কাপড়ে তুলে তোলার পরে আমি অনেকটা ভয় পাই যে এবার হয়তো আমি জানি না কোথায় নিয়ে যাচ্ছে আমাকে হয়তো মারাও পড়ে যেতে পারি এরকম কোনো কুয়ার মধ্যে হয়তো নিয়ে ফেলে দিবে এরকমটা আমার মনে একটা অনুভূতি চলে আসছিল The rescuers um, tried to save me first and uh, there was a narrow space. They were pulling me uh, to get me out 
and they put many jeans uh, clothes inside my body because uh, they don't want to hurt me uh, and i was so afraid that time and there was uh, a narrow and dark uh, place and many waist clothes were there i was so afraid and finally they uh, took me in a white clothes it's like a coffin clothes so i was so afraid but when finally they rescued me then i got some hope আমি যখন রানা প্লাজার থেকে বের হয়ে অনেক লড়াই সংগ্রাম এবং অনেক রানার জন্য শাস্তি সবাই একটা দাবি করতেছে যে রানার শাস্তি চাই সেই দাবিতে যখন আমরা রাস্তায় নামি তখন এক পর্যায়ে আমার মনের ভিতর একটা অনুভূতি আসছে যে হচ্ছে লড়াই আমরা যদি এই মুহূর্তে লড়াইটা না করি হয়তো আমাদের দোষীদের শাস্তি আমরা জানাতে পারবো না এবং আমাদেরকে লড়াইটা করা খুব দরকার তার পাশাপাশি যে নিজের শুধু চিন্তা করব তা নয় আমাদের বাংলাদেশে বর্তমান যে পরিস্থিতি এবং পরিহার ধরা যায় যে শ্রমিকেরা যে টাকায় বেতনটা পাচ্ছে সেই টাকা দিয়ে শ্রমিকদের চলছে না এবং দ্রব্যমূল্যের উর্ধগতিতে সে শ্রমিকদের চলা খুব কঠিন তার জন্য আমরা একটা দাবি করেছি পঁচিশ হাজার টাকা মজুরি সে দাবিটা যদি আমাদের বাংলাদেশে সকল কারখানা শ্রমিকদের সেটা নির্ধারিত করা হয় সে শ্রমিকটা হয়তো একটু ভালো চলতে পারবে Rupali says that um, after getting uh, out and um, uh, when I get, got a new life, I started to engage myself with uh, a protest. Uh, we organized protests for the punishment of the building owner. And we still believe that without getting their punishment, we will not get justice. And at the same time, we want uh, for the living workers uh, living wage. and we demanded 25000 taka which is near about 215 dollar uh, because for the price hike of uh, goods and other things it is very difficult for workers so we think it is important to uh, fight together and i understand this campaign for wage justice as well as health and safety is across industry not just for garment workers tell me about what is happening across um the workers movement in bangladesh fighting for wages um thank you jasila i'm taslim akhtar i'm the president of bangladesh garment workers solidarity uh, actually in our country when we talk about uh, our country we start from 1971 that is the year of our liberation war and when we talk about uh, the condition of garment workers then we start and we have to give a mark on uh, 24th april and um, people ask us about what is what's the changes uh, but i think um, uh, the well-being of workers is not only dependent with the building safety it is important that uh, what life there Uh, living the wage condition the uh, trade union condition is very important so in our country uh, if you ask me about the condition about the lifestyle of workers you don't need to know more story about the collapse about the fire uh, you just need to see 
the face of the young workers. They are very young, but their faces become so pale after two or three years. And now for the uh, price hike and inflation and international war, um, every uh, price, every goods price is very high. So it is very difficult for them uh, to survive with only like $75. So they are, um, uh, they are sacrificing their youth, they are sacrificing their nutrition, they are sacrificing their children's education, their health issues. Uh, so we think if we want to improve this sector, we don't against, we are not against the factory, but we think that it's very important to ensure their uh, proper wage. So now we are struggling for uh, $215 wage uh, for Bangladeshi government workers. And we've just got two minutes left, unfortunately. But my last question is, how is international solidarity important in all of this work? Um, Bangladeshi government uh, sector is not a local uh, industry. It uh, depends with the uh, supply chain. So uh, I think it is not only Bangladeshi citizens or Bangladeshi government workers' duty to raise their voice. I think it is very important to raise voice from global consumer uh, and uh, member of global community. So we think without making international solidarity, we cannot uh, fight properly. So uh, also we think that it is important to make pressure on brands and buyers who want to take the lion part of the profit from our cheap labor, but they don't want to share the profit. So it is. I think it is. It will be create. A pre, it will be very necessary to make solidarity to make pressure on international brands and buyer, and uh, I think it will be create a strong solidarity if we can make this. Yeah. Taslima and Rupali, thank you so so much for your time on the program this morning. Thank you. Too. Thank you. And of course, um, there is a public meeting on Monday where both Rupali and Taslima and myself will be speaking. That is at seven o'clock on Monday, the 1st of May at Solidarity Hall of Victoria Trades Hall Council. We're going to be talking about what happened. We're going to be talking about the current campaigns, but we will also be building an international campaign in the garment supply chain. So if you're interested in that, please get in touch with us. Again, find us on social media, but hopefully we'll see you all at Trades Hall on Monday evening at 7 o'clock for that political discussion. But um, James, that takes us to the end of another Asia Pacific Currents for this Saturday. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back next Saturday with more news and current affairs from the Asia Pacific region. But coming up next is Palestine Remembered.